and glad to be in here in the house of the Lord today to worship and fellowship with you and give the word of God. Um, we're going to get right into it and get to our word this morning. So let us stand in our feet. And we'll be reading from 1 Samuel 17. And we'll be starting on the, at the 32nd verse. And it says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And where there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, struck him, and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will also deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his arm. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, then chose five stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Then the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies... I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hand. And let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for just allowing us to wake up this morning. We're grateful that you have us here, one with another in fellowship. We're asking, Holy Spirit, that you soften the hearts of men, that you allow the seed of the word to go forth in our hearts, be firmly rooted, so that we may become a tree of your fruit, Father God, to glorify you and your ways. We love you, and we need you more and more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Before we get to 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 47, I just want to give you a little background of what is happening before this moment happens of David talking to King Saul. 
In 1 Samuel 16, David was anointed the new king of Israel by Samuel, who was the prophet at the time and the last judge. And as this happens, we get into the beginning of chapter 17, where Goliath has actually called out, you know, the people of Israel, the nation. And basically within calling them out, he goes on to say that he will actually take on any challenger, their best warrior of Israel, and if he wins, then that shows how good his God is and how powerful his God is over the God of Israel. And that if Israel's best warrior wins, then the Philistines will become servants to Israel. And guess what? It'll show how great our God is, who is the God of Israel. And while he is issuing this challenge, Jesse, you know, the father of David, made a meal for his older sons who are on the front lines of the battle. They're really not doing anything because they're cowering under the voice of Goliath. So David gets the plate, you know, walks to the front lines, gives it to his older brother. And while giving it to his older brother, he hears this challenge. And David basically says, who is this Goliath who defies the army of the living God? And he basically says, I could take this dude. So David's older brother gets mad, right? It's like, boy, if you don't be quiet, <laughs> I think my brother would do the same thing because I'm the little brother. The older brother don't like when you feel like you could do something better than them, right? So he's like, David, if you don't be quiet, right? But word has already spread throughout the camp. This young looking boy has come into the camp and said that he could defeat Goliath. So word gets to the king, which is King Saul, who again should be out on the battlefield, but he's cowering under Goliath's challenge. And he calls David into his tents. And at this particular moment in 1 Samuel 17, we see the conversation between King Saul and David. The first thing King Saul does within this congregation is he looks at David and says, you are too young. It's no way you can defeat this Goliath because he's been a warrior since he has been young. So I don't know what you're thinking about, David, but guess what? What you're thinking about doing, I don't think it's possible. So David, I love his answer because it gives great advice for us as Christians. He goes on to say, hey man, all I know is that as a shepherd, I'm out in the field tending to the flock, tending to the sheep. And, and when lions came and, and when a bear came to take the sheep, right, I went after him, you know, and when I went after him, because the Lord was with me, he actually allowed me to conquer the lion or allowed me to defeat the bear. So I know if he brought me out of the paw of the lion and he brought me out of the paw of the bear, then guess what? I surely can take this person named Goliath. See, David understood one thing, one key central point. He understood that God is the deliverer and that God is the one who protects us. He understood that, hey, I know God was with me when a lot of tumultuous problems happened and, and I was suffering because I saw the bear and the lion come and get the flock, I don't know what I was supposed to do, but he gave me the victory. He's the one who empowered me to overcome the lion and the bear. Now, I'm a pretty big guy, 
right? I'm about 6'3 and a half, 6'4, 300 pound, offensive tackle. Right? So I, most of the time when I get into an argument or me and another guy, we, we fill in our manliness, as I like to say, and we're arguing with each other, I'm probably not going to be scared of you. Right? So I can understand how David wasn't scared of Goliath, but, but you know what? If you put me in front of a lion with just a staff, I'm probably going to be scared. Right? Because I watch Discovery Channel, and a lion is genetically designed to be a great killer. They stalk their prey. They, they hide behind tall grass, stealth modes. You can't see them. And then when they go after their prey, right, they come with a purpose. You know, they don't just attack and say, I'm going to bite you, but they know where your windpipe is in your neck, and they actually bite you in your neck, and they <laughs> make you suffocate, and then it's all over. And then don't let me get to a bear, right? A bear's big, they're huge, and they said you can't run away from them because they run like 20 to 30 miles per hour. So they said the best, you know, tactic to use if you're under a bear attack is to actually play dead. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be dead anyway. <laughs> but I say that to say this, is that David understood that if God could get him through a lion and a bear, and I'm saying that if God can get you through things that attacked you before, that actually caused you fear and stress before, that actually allowed you to push through some challenges at the moment you were doing something before, then guess what? He'll allow you to overcome Goliath also. David looked into his history book. He looked into his list and he said, you know what? God got me through this, this, and this. He protected me through this, this, and this. Surely I know he's going to protect me right now. Right now. That's why I'm surprised that in Psalms 143, around the fourth chapter, David is dealing with a situation that's causing fear, anguish, and suffering. His son, Absalom, has come to take his kingdom. And, and through this suffering, he's like, my spirit is failing. I don't know what to do. He goes on to say, you know what? But I will think on those things past. I will glorify you by thinking on the things that you have overcome through me in the past, which means sometime when Goliath is there, you just got to buckle down. Think of the things that God has brought you through. If he brought you through the lion and the bear, he will bring you through right now. He will do it, and he's going to do it. So I see King Saul, right? King Saul is like, I can't convince this dude that he cannot win this battle. So King Saul, the man who's supposed to be the king, he just basically says, Go ahead and go, David, and the Lord be with you. Kind of remind me of Star Trek. Force be with you. Go ahead and go, right? Go ahead and go. So there's a key moment after this happens, right? King Saul, who probably has the best of everything. He has the best armor, the best metal. He's probably covered up from head to toe, right? So if somebody was to attack, it would be impossible for him to die, even though we know all armor has its weak points. So he takes off his armor, right, takes off his clothes, and he's like, here, I'm going to give it to you, David. David puts his armor on, puts the clothes on, gets the sword, puts it to the cross, his back. He's like, I'm ready to go. I'm pretty sure it doesn't 
fit him that well, because I'm pretty sure that they probably are not the same size or the same height. So as he walks, he starts to realize this just doesn't feel right, and it hasn't been tested. So I have to take your clothes off and go with what I know. See, what we have to realize as, as Christians, man, is that we can't put on other people's clothes when Goliath is there. Many times we get into a situation that when we see problems, we see situations and Goliath is standing in front of us, we start looking at other people and say, I wish I could, I could do what they've done. I, I wish I was in a situation that they are in. Oh, they look joyful. Oh, oh, it looks like, you know, I'm not a good organizer. So I would say, hey man, they look like they're well organized. They got it all together. I'm everywhere. I wish that I could be like them. I wish I could put on the skill set. I wish I could put on, you know, the way they work, the, the how they think. But guess what? God didn't design you to do that because why? It's uncomfortable. It doesn't fit you. Let me tell you something. For all the things that Saul was, he, he was a brave man. He looked good. He, he, he had it all together. But when it was his time to become king, he actually hid behind some stacks. He didn't really want to go forth which means he didn't have hearts. His passion wasn't in it. But don't you know that when David was anointed king, we, we come to learn that he is a man after God's own heart. That means with his staff, with his slingshot, David had something Saul didn't. That was a heart for God. See, David didn't want to put on call, call, I mean Saul's clothes. You want to know why? Because Saul had no hearts. I would take an individual who loves God with all of their heart, with all of their mind, with all of their soul, who, who doesn't have things quite put together, who are assured in themselves and, and the skills and the things that God has given to them over somebody who has no heart for God, but looks like they have it all together. Why? Because if God is with us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Don't be ashamed about the clothes and the skills and the things that God has given you. Don't be ashamed of the fact that you may do things a little bit different, that you may think a little bit differently. As long as this is within the confines of the word of God, God has strengthened you to overcome your situation. I know this to be true. I can tell you about myself, right? So about this time last year, I've been down here for a year now. Yeah, May, year. I took the job to North Carolina Central University Campus Minister, RUF. I can go down the list. And when I did, one of the things that happened was um, Daniel, he was like, we want you to come preach. So I was like, sure, I'll be down there, me and my family, I'm going to come preach. Now, where I come from, I grew up in an all-African-American context. I grew up in an African-American church. So when I knew, you know, I was a pastor of an African-American church, and you just feel comfortable in that setting. You know, when you go in there, you can say certain things. You can have a Holy Ghost-filled, mighty-sounding, good old time. And we just going to enjoy it, right? But when I was asked to come here last year, I bombed the sermon. <laughs> bombed it. You know why? Of course, I Googled Christ Central Church. And, 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 you know, I was checking them out, and then I was like, hmm, this sure ain't an African-American church. And, and then 
I start listening to Tim and Daniel's sermons, right? And I'm like, man, they die every I, they cross every T, they know all the thinkers, they quote the thinkers like, man, they are amazing. And they truly are. And I was like, oh, man, I don't do that. <laughs> I just don't do that. So you know what I did? I had a sermon. I, I, I formulated, wrote it up. I, as you can see, I walk around, don't really use a paper. And, and I, I used a paper, and I was like, I got to sound like that. And what made it worse is I was meeting RUF campus ministers who, who are Caucasian, right? And they talked about where they graduated from. And, and in my viewpoint, they had the best of everything. I, I felt like I was just sent out and they was like, look, sir, sink or swim. If the Lord called you, you got to do it. And they were talking about they graduated from here, graduated from there. I was intimidated, so within that intimidation, I, I thought I had to take the clothes that God had given me, the, my strengths, and I kind of had to formulate it into what Dan and Tim and them sound like. So I came up here, I had no heart, no passion, nothing into it. Why? Because I let that intimidation get the best of me, and I put on the wrong clothes. And what's funny about it is that when I got into the car and we were riding back to Delaware, my wife is the best. I love her. And she goes, honey, you know I love you. Now, if you ever have that line, <laughs> you know the next 10 to 15 minutes is about to be how much work you need <laughs> as a man. And she goes, you know I love you, right? And I'm like, yeah, honey. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, here we go in my heart. And she said, if you sound like that, we might as well stay in Delaware. You might as well stay in Delaware. God don't, doesn't use my husband like that. And you know what? Yeah, that was harsh, but that's exactly what I needed See, God gives us our own abilities, our own strengths. So what you see now is me comfortable in my own clothes. And I had to realize that God gave me specific gifts and specific things that I had to bring to Christ Central, just like Christ Central has to bring things to me. And that's a perfect combination, right? So my Goliath, my intimidation of, of thinking that I had to be a certain way wasn't true. And I conquered that with the help of the Lord because I wore my own clothes. You have to wear your own clothes. You have to be comfortable in what God designed you to be. So David goes out there. He, he gets his stones, right? Picks up five of them, got his staff, got his pouch. Now, if I was in the army, I would look at him and start cracking up. What is that boy doing? Right? And he goes out there, and he goes in front of Goliath, and Goliath is like, Israel, is this what you bring in front of me? This little boy, like dogs to a stick, he automatically doubts him. He says, look at him. He's not even worth the fight. And then he cursed him by his gods. You know what he was basically saying? My gods, look, look what their God brings out. Look what my God has in me. My God is clearly going to defeat Israel's God. David doesn't turn around. He doesn't back away. He, he doesn't shake. It never says that in the scripture. 
He looks dead in his face and he basically says, who are you to defile my God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, who has a history of bringing us, uh, making us victorious? Who are you to defile him? Matter of fact, I know the battle is not mine. It is the Lord's. And this day, Goliath, you will lose because the Lord is with me. If the Lord is with you, guess what? You have all you need. You have all you need to look at Goliath and overcome that thing. You have all you need to look at those situations and overcome those things. See, throughout the writings of the scripture, God clearly tells us he will never leave us nor forsake us. And then he goes on in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. He says, I will always be with you until the end of the age. It is clearly written that you will be with God forever and always. And if he is with you, then guess what? You can win. You can win. So he's your protector. He's your deliverer. He's the one who gives you the abilities to overcome with your skill sets, with what he granted to you. And if you just trust in him, rest assured in his word, allow to just be flat footed and say, you know what, Goliath, the Lord is with me. And I've seen my God overcome so many things. Surely he will overcome this thing too. You are good. You are good. How do I know you're good? Because it was a particular battle that us as human beings could not win. And that battle happened in Genesis 3 when that serpent called Satan, you know, the forbidden fruit was ate. And then guess what we deserve? Death, misery, and hell, and all those particular things, right? We deserve that. And then from that came a man named Jesus who knew we lacked communication with God. And he was John 10, right? He was the good shepherd. He saw that us as his flock, as his sheep, were led astray, that we were struggling, that we were hopeless. And, and as the shepherd, he went out with his staff and he protected us from the bears and the lion. He brought us in to his protection. And then he said, you know what, guys? I got to go forth to the cross so that I can make sure y'all are all right. And then he died on the cross for our sins so that we could be reconciled, that we could be put back in the right relationship with God, which we once lost, a battle that we could not fight. And then he won the battle, went in the grave, rose from the grave in three days, sits on the right hand of God the Father, almighty. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to correct us, to teach us, to give us life. And he became what? Victorious. And because of his victory, we know we have victory. And he gave us Ephesians 6, which talks about the armor of God. He said he gave us the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the word, the helmet of salvation. Peace shouted up on our feet. And as long as we have those clothes on, along with our skill sets and abilities that God has given us, and know that he will deliver us and know that he was with us, guess what? We will walk through Goliath. And it won't be about us getting the glory. 
It won't be about us, you know, getting praise on our back and you did a good job. It will be all glory to God. The moment Goliath lost was the moment where he realized the Philistine God had nothing on the God of Israel. And that's the same God who is our father right now. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the word brought forth, Father. Father God, I'm just asking you that you allow us to stand foundational on the fact that it's your battle and not ours, Father God. Let us trust in you and know that you delivered us before, that you will do it again, that you protect us, that you gave us certain abilities, Father God, for your glory, Father God. Let us know that those can be utilized also to get us through situations we may be at right now. We thank you for dying on that cross, conquering sin, death, hell, and the grave, Father God, for reconciling us, Father God, and with so much gratitude, our hearts bow towards you as the shepherd of us the sheep and how till this day like David took care through you of the kingdom of Israel that you do the same for your saints. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen.